Welcome to the Big Boss Podcast, the show about industry and artistry and music. My name is Adam Meckler, and it's my mission to get you the tools to have a thriving career. And I'm just continuing on here today with our 17 singles in 17 weeks experiment. So this is a short update on what's been happening with my band, Lulu's Playgrounds. Lulu's Playground is a band made up of accordion, trumpet, cello, and guitar. And it was a band that I started with some friends in like 2008. We rehearsed a whole bunch. We recorded a couple albums. And the second one we released as like a download card and a booklet that has all these paintings because the, the compositions were written to 17 paintings of circus sideshow entertainers. And they're like, they were meant to be short compositions. This is like 2013, so this is a long time ago. But I'm releasing them as if they're new because they were never really released officially, never on a label or anything. It's like we just released the stuff kind of on our own and only did physicals. We didn't really put it anywhere on the internet. It's not true. It was on Bandcamp, but that's it. And there was very minimal activities. Like anything we sold was really live and in person when we would do the shows. So this is the first time that I've released this stuff. I decided we got 17 songs. They're just over a minute in length for each one of them. I'm going to release them one after the other for 17 weeks and just see what happens. And, I, and this came about because I heard this podcast where they talked about this band called God Box, which isn't a band. It's just these two people who have a studio and they have all these like extra stems of recordings they've done. And they just like run it through a ambient filter and they have have it spit out one minute songs basically and they release one album per week and they've been doing that for a long time. I don't know if they're still doing it. But the band's called God Box. I mean, like, you can look it up on your own, but I'll tell you what I see looking at it right now. And it's at 13,355 monthly listeners. And they said they started at zero and they didn't do anything. Like, they didn't... I don't know if they pitched to playlists or not, but I don't think they did. They said they did very little. They're just like, we're just going to release one album a week and see what happens. And it's a full album per week. I'm only doing a single per week, right? But this this was the motivation. They took it's like it's music they don't care about, but it's kind of got this like ambient vibe to it. So maybe it fits on some things on Spotify that are like passive listening, uh, ambient music kind of stuff. But it's it was just a really fascinating project, I thought, and based on what we know about what Spotify wants, which is frequency, consistency, you know, it's like shorter songs. And this also is to your advantage as well. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to get too in the weeds with like, you should make short songs because like, whatever, you should make whatever you want to make. And that's always going to be the best thing. But if what you want to make kind of matches up with this, I think it is advantageous to have shorter songs. And one of the reasons is because if it's a short song, somebody might not realize they hate it until it's over, which means people aren't, <laughs> it's a horrible thing to say, which means people aren't skipping your song, right? You, you can't have people skipping your song. That's part of the thing that Spotify takes into account is like, if people are skipping your song when it pops up in an algorithmic playlist or on an editorial playlist, if it does make it there, then it gets, you know, at least on editorial playlist, it'll get bumped down to the bottom of the list and then it'll just be off the list, right? And algorithmic playlists are similar. If people are skipping your song, they won't be on the algorithmic playlists anymore, 
Okay. And so Lulu's Playground had about nine monthly listeners when I started. I've kind of done a short recap every time I've talked about this, but it's worth repeating. We had about nine monthly listeners. I had put our first album up and I had put a single up. And that's it before I started doing this. And I just did those things so that there was some material on Spotify so I could claim my Spotify for artist profile. And then I could pitch each one of these 17 singles to editorial playlists in addition to hoping that somehow they land in the Spotify algorithm and also get played for people. So if you're not familiar with what, like if the differences between like editorial playlists and algorithmic playlists, editorial playlists are playlists that are curated by actual human beings. The what Spotify for artists, the guy who runs Spotify for artists, he did an interview with Ari Herstan on Ari Herstan's podcast, the new music business podcast. And he said that a human listens to every single editorial playlist pitch. And in order to pitch editorial playlists, you have to have claimed your artist profile on Spotify for Artists, and then you have to be on a desktop computer or a laptop or something like that, not your phone, And you have because you can't use the app to do this. You have to go into SpotifyForArtists.com where you're like logged in, and then go to Upcoming, and then you can pitch songs that show up in your Upcoming. So that's like you submit your song on DistroKid or CD Baby or TuneCore or something, and a five, six days later, it's processed. It's up in your Spotify for Artists page. It doesn't come out for another couple of weeks because you're smart and you've uploaded it early. Now you can pitch it to editorial playlists. So that's editorial playlists. Spotify algorithmic playlists are these playlists that keep popping up that say like chill music, it's, you know, curated for you, specifically for you. It's that kind of thing. Or like if you're listening to somebody's song and then it just keeps playing songs for you, even though you're not on a playlist that's an algorithmic playlist. So that's just the the system going like, they like this kind of song, so let's keep going with that kind of song. And what I've noticed with our 17 singles, 17 weeks releases, is that if the song gets a decent amount of listens in the first handful of days, let's say within the first four or five days, the track gets to two, two three, 400 plays, uh, let's say 200, two, two to 300 plays. It ends up going onto Spotify algorithmic playlists. And I'll just kind of give you the numbers because it's pretty insane. We now have seven singles released. I'm telling you about weeks five and six in this one. Now, after seven releases, and the seventh is really just a couple of days in, after seven releases, we have 5,499 monthly listeners. So 5,500 monthly listeners, basically, since we started doing 17 singles in 17 weeks. Our first single we released was World's Tallest Man or Yeti. No, no, it was um, it was Madame Fortune, which is a live track. Because the studio version was under was under twenty was under one minute, I mean. So we couldn't use it. So I had to do a live version of it. But other than that, the other all the other ones are studio versions. So I'm actually surprised the live version keeps getting played on algorithmic playlists, but it's consistently been getting between, you know, forty and fifty plays a day, sometimes sixty, seventy, seventy five. Uh since we released it, it's over two thousand streams. The, the singles that came out after Madame Fortune were Yeti and World's Tallest Man. 
Yeti is now at more than 3,200 streams, and World's Tallest Man is now over 3,700 streams. And then more recently, we released um, Mademoiselle Electra, uh, which is at 1,900. And then the last two, weeks five and six, which is the ones we're talking about really, is uh, Fathead and the Balancing Brothers, and they're both just over 1,000 plays. So Fathead's at about 1,300, and Balancing Brothers is almost 1,100. All of them are hitting the Spotify algorithmic playlists. Fathead is getting... You know, I got 138 streams one day, got 77 yesterday, 67 the day before, 79 today. Um, so they're hitting the Spotify f- uh, algorithmic playlists and they're growing. It's not like a, a billion, bazillion plays. And it's pretty niche music. Like it's French cafe-ish, artistic, jazz-influenced, weird, trumpet accordion, cello guitar, chamber music. So like if you are a singer-songwriter... I imagine that the ceiling could be higher, but it might be harder to get put on these algorithmic playlists. I'm not entirely sure. I think it helps when you do niche style music because the algorithm starts to understand like what you do, what style of music your band plays, and then is more able to put it in the right place, which is ultimately good for you because you want people who want to hear it to hear it, right? That's essentially what the algorithm's supposed to do is supposed to find the right music for the right person. And it's really like, I would say generally, it's going smashingly. Like, this has been a huge success so far. And it's been really fun to watch our page grow. And we're also seeing that some of our other songs now are starting to get picked up. Like songs that I released before we started doing this are getting a couple of plays on algorithmic playlists here and there. And in my mind, that is very cool. Like, that's very cool. So even when you only get, I mean, those ones only had like, I don't know, 50 plays when they started getting algorithmic playlist plays. It's like your track still could grow over time. What do we distill from this? I think... It's advantageous to do some kind of regular release strategy. There's a waterfall strategy that I really just started learning about where you upload a single and then the next time you upload something, you upload that same single with a new single and each time you pitch the new thing and you continue to build it into like two tracks, three tracks, four tracks, five tracks, six tracks, seven tracks until you've released your full album and then some people will go and delete all the singles and then just have the album there. I think that's really interesting, and as long as your ISRC codes are in order, theoretically, your tracks should end up back on the same playlists they were on and that kind of stuff if you delete them and release them as... There's some, like Spotify is supposed to compile all of those plays. All streaming platforms are supposed to like take all the plays that it had previously and add it back in if it knows the correct ISRC. I did something like this where I like re-released music that I had previously had on streaming because I moved everything. Those of you that have listened to my episode uh, about TuneCore, DistroKid, and CD Baby, and which is better, I talk about how I moved everything from TuneCore over to DistroKid. And so that was a mistake in some ways, and that was a good decision in some ways, and you can go back and listen to that episode to find out why, but ultimately... 
moving my songs over from from TuneCore and DistroKid, I lost my ISRC codes. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know how to find them. And then when I re-uploaded some of my stuff, it didn't end up back on playlists where it was, and it didn't have those numbers that it had previously. Uh, but if you have the correct ISRC, that's supposed to solve that problem. So the waterfall strategy is interesting to me. Uh, just be from like how your page might look once you're finished with that. It'll be a little bit cleaner. It'll just show an album. Theoretically, all your stuff that you release as singles will still kind of have that single, have those numbers from when you release them as singles. But this project, we're just doing one single at a time. We're releasing 17 singles. And maybe we'll release a thing at the end, and maybe we won't. But one of the things that I think is important, like a full album, I mean, one of the things I think is important is that I'm pitching each one of these to editorial playlists as well. And part of what's important about that is that the... I keep talking about the algorithm. It just seems so ridiculous. But Spotify comes to know about the song because you are entering data into the system when you pitch it to editorial playlists. Like the data about like the genre and the instrumentation and whether it's a studio version or a live version or a remix or whatever. It's like those things are built into the Spotify editorial playlist pitch. So even though it's a long shot to get placed on a Spotify editorial playlist, and I still like, even with, with that, it's, it's totally worth it to do it a, because it's free, and B, because like if it does get placed, awesome, and C, because the system then has all this data about your song and can better place it in the right spots for people to be able to hear your, your music. That's basically it for today. And I wanted to say, too, like it's been a wild stretch for me. I traveled to South Dakota, and then I went to Arizona and played some klezmer music, and then I was down in Houston, and I did post an episode when I was down in Houston, uh, but it's just been tough. It's been tough to like stay on top of doing interviews while I've been traveling so much, playing gigs, which has been awesome because I've been out doing the thing. And the madness continues this week, this Friday night, May 19th. I'll be at Blue Stem Jazz in Madison, Wisconsin. Audio for the Arts. We're going to be recording our second album. My band, Supercell, is going to be recording our second album, Live Volume 2, in front of a studio audience. So it'd be sweet if you join us for that. I'll put the link to the tickets for that in the description. I like doing these kinds of experiments and learning about Spotify and learning about release strategy and what works and actually doing it myself so that you've got a case study for how you might decide to release your album in the future. And I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of ideas about the right ways to do things now that I've experimented with a lot of different things. So you can always shoot me an email, adam at gigbossapp.com. My wife and I developed an app called Gigboss. It's free. It's on iOS and Android. It's a way for you to organize your busy freelance music careers and band leader careers. In fact, just did a poll with all the people that use the app, and a lot of people who use the app are both band leaders and freelancers. And that was certainly that was certainly who I that's certainly who I am now. I also run a program at a university, so I'm not a full time trumpet player like I was for ten years, but. I mean that describes me to a T and and when I when I imagined this app with my wife, it was like we imagined that it would be for people like that. 
that are that are band leaders that are freelancers that are like in music all the time and that are having trouble organizing all of that stuff schedules finances and i would love it if you download it and check it out and hey if you dig the podcast like let somebody know let somebody know about this 17 singles and 17 weeks series it's super fascinating what we're finding out appreciate you listening be back in a week